Have you been thinking about starting a podcast but aren't sure where to start? I have to tell you about Anchor. It's a free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but with literally one click, they distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more so you can reach more listeners. They make it so easy. It was a no-brainer for us. Try it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal. And now, today's story. So have you ever had one of those work days where you go to work in the morning and you go sit down at your desk or you go into your office, you open up your emails and you have 137 emails and you start at the top and you start working through those and you get to the second email maybe and then the phone rings and it's somebody else calling you and then somebody swings by your office and you're talking to them and they pull you out of the office and you're starting to go into different meetings now and the calendar's happening and it's telling you to go to different places and the phone's ringing and you're going back to your emails and you go back and now you have 170 something emails, 180 emails, 190 emails, the emails and the phone calls are all piling up on you and you're on your way home at the end of the day and you can't figure out what the heck just happened. You start to ask yourself maybe the question like, what did I get accomplished today? And you cannot tell yourself. You felt super busy all day long. Like I was going to accomplish all this stuff. You're like, it wasn't like I slacked off all day. I didn't even have time to eat lunch. Like I went through the entire day, just crazy, crazy busy, but I didn't get anything accomplished. Uh, This is something that we see all the time. And so we wanted to bring these problems that we see with all these teams. And even with ourselves, we all fall into this trap from time to time. We wanted to bring this as a topic for you all. So today we're going to talk a little bit about time management. Matt, what do you think about time management? Are you excited about this topic? Um, I don't know. I haven't had had time to process it just yet. I haven't had really time to think about it, but uh, this is is Matt, Matt, you mind if I randomly swing by your office later and we can sit and talk about it? Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Come on over. Uh, Come on over. Of course, I welcome that. You know, one of the things, Diana does not, I'm seeing her head shake right now. Um, I will fly to Tacoma and come see you. Um, Okay, so so this is, and one of the things, a couple of things, Donna, that I think that you mentioned during your story, I think are are, are relevant. You mentioned that we see this all the time or a lot of times, I guess, with different clients that we're working with and they describe those same types of things. But at what point, let me just throw this out to the group. At what point do we see it happening? Like when does, why does it become relevant that they need to talk to us at that time? What's the pain at that time? What do you guys think? Because we don't say very, very, very seldomly do we sit down with somebody and they're like, you know what? It's one of my uh, proactively, I'd like to get better at time management. I mean, something's probably more on fire than that at that point. So maybe talk about that. What has been your your experience working with organizations or leaders to where, oh man, I need to attack this now. Diana? So I usually see it in people when they start to complain about they're losing control of the things that they get to do and they start hating the stuff that they have to do. And so they don't have time for the big picture thing or the strategy thing or to do their actual job. I hear that a lot. Like I can't do my oh, yeah. actual job. Um, and so I think it's generally that feeling of overwhelmed and that feeling of, I can't do the things I really want to do or that I'm really good at doing. Yeah. I think we hear that from business owners, especially we hear things like, uh, you know, it's time management, but but it comes guised in, in sayings like, 
you know what? I didn't get into it for this. I got into it for that. Or I'm just losing my passion for the things, you know, and, and they've, they've kind of gotten sideways. They've lost, lost track of, uh, lost track of that. So what are some of those? And I just want to kind of build context for why this is an important topic in the first place. Um, so, so what are some of those, if they are, if, if you're feeling that maybe you're listening to this right now and you're, you're recognizing, yeah, I mean, I feel like that I maybe have a sense of burnout. I maybe have a sense of lost passion for what it is. I, I don't even, don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm just tired of putting out fires and I'm very reactionary. We hear this a lot. I'm a very reactionary leader. I want to be a more proactive leader. Some of that has to do with time management. Why is it important to address that issue sooner rather than later though? You'll we'll see clients, for example, like you talked about that first question of like, where do we see it with clients? And I think it leads to the second question of like, why do we need to address it? It's that we will meet with a client and they will come up with something super important that they need to work on. Like, I'm going to be really, really focused. We really need to accomplish this thing. And then we'll come back to it and that thing doesn't get done. And so it's like all of these things, it's like, I'm too busy in the noise, too busy working in the business to work on the business kind of a thing. And it just prevents yeah. you from being able to, not only is it stressful, but it's like a strategic threat to your business, to your organization. Yeah. You can't get the biggest things done that you need to get done because you're too involved in day to day. You don't even have control of the ship anymore. Yeah. And you might've gotten out of skew as your, if you're a small business owner or manager or something like that, you might've gotten out of skew because there was a time that perhaps you had to do all the things. And maybe now you've built a qualified team around you to where I don't have to do all the things, but we missed some opportunities there for delegating some of those tasks. And, and I'm still doing all those things, but now we're scaled to a point to where I got to get out of it, but I don't know how to get out of it. And you mentioned too, internally, like it's not only is it stressful, you talked about that. There, there does come a time whenever your body, even if, even if you've not scheduled it, you will shut down. You will, your mind will shut itself, shut itself off. I've talked to many people who are, you know, I don't have time to take a break. I don't have time to eat lunch. And, and the reality is a lot of times you can't afford not to. I know that there's some days like that, but you can't afford not to because eventually let's talk about maybe some of those side effects. How, what does that do? I guess, uh, you know, as a leader to your team, um, what are the things if I'm stuck in that mold now where, man, the stress is there, the anxiety is there. What am I reflecting to the team? What does that reaction look like? I think a lot of times what you see is a lot of stress. You see a lot of people that get, they get angry, right? And they communicate poorly then. And then you start to see some stress just in terms of the team building itself and working yeah. with each other. People get cranky. They say, I don't have time to work on that. And they start lashing out at each other. I think that's one, th one symptom that we see. I've also seen where people around you stop going to you because they're like, oh, they're too busy, right? They're too busy. I can't ask this question. They're right. too busy. I can't talk to them about this they're too busy. I can't do this thing. And I think it stalls innovation and change and, and good conversations because you're quote unquote busy. Yeah. You start to see people prioritize the wrong things in their life. Obviously we are working with individuals in their jobs. So we want that to be successful, but I think a lot of people start to prioritize too much of their work in a way that they feel so disconnected from their personal life and their families and the things that they just enjoy. And they don't know how to step back and seeing people who, who are trapped in this cycle of just, they can't, they can't get control of their time. And so they're contacting their employees on the weekends and they can't, you know, they're just calling people over and, you know, over and over again, because I need an answer on this, or I need you to do this thing. And it's Saturday afternoon. And it's like, you need to be with your family and you need to be to step away too. And also like, 
leave your employee alone on Saturday. <laughs> you know, so there's like two sides of that. Um, and I've, you know, I've seen that. I know we've seen that with, with leaders before too. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that song's about. If yeah. you're not as old as I am, just, yeah. You know, and, and no offense to the people that actually work on Saturdays and the weekends. We appreciate you too. Right. So that she's just, she's, I think, you know, trying to, trying to respect the downtime there is, yeah, trying to respect the downtime there, right? And th- those types of those types of things. And I will say this too, as our team, we've kind of talked about this before. You know, uh, we all have busy lives uh, internally. Like, let's just talk about us. Sometimes we we turn the mirror around so you all can see yourselves, and and sometimes that has a a sense of like, yeah, do better. Like, we're the professionals, we're the experts, telling you what it is that you need to do. But we struggle with this internally um, as, as well of being able to to manage what that looks like. We all have very busy lives with our own families or outside of work um, at the same time too. Uh, so being available, being responsive, I think it's super important, but it's also super important to, to recognize the other side of that as well. Hey, uh, you didn't know I was going to do this team, Don, Bethany, Diana, but I wanted to ask you a question. Finish this, like fill in the blanks here, okay? So as a manager, like let's say for instance, you're thinking about, uh, you're, you're about to be promoted, you're desiring to be promoted, you're desiring to be a leader of people. As a manager, I'm going to be what? Like fill in the blanks. What would you say that you would be for your team or as a leader? Responsive. Responsive, that's a good one. Others? Humble. Oh, after my own heart, humble, yeah. That's a good one. Supportive. Supportive. I think that's great. Supportive. Any others you guys can think of? Because I just jotted some. I want to be a problem, problem solver. solver. I want to help you solve your problems. That was one of those I had written down here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transparent. Transparent. So transparent in communication. I want to give them as much information as possible. That's good. Thank you. Others, I think that might come to mind. I want to be driven. I want to be, you know, supportive is, is right there. That's awesome. I had helpful, same thing, synonymous, right? Helpful. Uh, I want to be successful as a manager. And here's the reality. Like if you're sitting there going, yeah, yeah, maybe you're looking at this two thoughts. Yeah, that's the kind of manager I'm going to be. That's the kind of leader I'm going to be. Or maybe you're sitting there going, yeah, I had big dreams of that one day too. And then reality hit. And you know what? I don't have time to be transparent because that requires communication. I don't have time to be helpful. I tried that whole open door thing and then it just equaled chaos and people were taking advantage of it. I don't know what, I don't know what to do about that. I want to be supportive, but that takes time. Also, all of these things are impacted by how we manage our time. And so hopefully we've built a good enough case to say, yes, we want to help you do some of those things, but this is why this is an important topic to maybe to maybe also talk about. So physiologically, internally, we are we, we face this stress or this anxiety and this, this frustration there. So if there comes a time, let's say I'm in the midst of it, and maybe, you know, as Bethany and Diana alluded to, we talk about leaders that might come to us and say, man, I got to do something different. Uh, man, I'm feeling the burnout. Uh, I don't know what to do. I want to be supportive. I want to be helpful. I just don't have time. Um, there might come a time where we have to have some sort of a communication cadence, some sort of a communication, set some boundaries, I guess, with what that looks like. Let's talk about that, uh, you know, from different perspectives, maybe as an employee's perspective, because that's a different conversation. Like, hey, boss, listen, this is how this is going to go. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that works all the time. Right. And then as a manager, you know, maybe, maybe if I'm trying to proactively helping remove obstacles for my employees. So, 
how do I set a communication meet, cadence meeting? What does that look like? How would I approach that if I'm listening going, yeah, maybe that's a good first step with how to manage my time? What do you advise? The idea that you're trying to set up there is this idea that when we're constantly communicating, like a lot of times we think like we need to do more, right? Like we need to constantly do more stuff. So if we just have more meetings or more emails or more like we want better communication. But then when you talk to the individual person, they never want more emails, right? They're never looking for, I would just like more phone calls. I would like to have more meetings during the day. Everybody wants better communication, which people communicate, which people sometimes translate that to more communication when people really want better communication and more efficient communication. So I think that's what your idea is of a, of a community of a meeting cadence. Like how do we set up a communication cadence where we communicate with each other? Um, you know, I think it can start really simply, you know, we've, we've helped companies put together even policies around this, like a communication policy of use this tool for this type of thing, or use this tool for this other type of thing. But I think it's really beneficial. Sometimes the simplest thing to do is just as a team that you work with the most, who do you email with the most, who do you meet with the most, just sit down with them and have a discussion about how should we communicate with each other? Um, how do we make sure that we, how do we minimize interruptions with each other? Um, you know, a good example that I've seen before, we work with a company and they were, they are, have a bunch of writers. It's a publishing company. And so a lot of times they would go be working on a story or working on an article or working on design or something. And they would just, they were in the habit of whenever they thought of, Hey, just bring it to somebody else. Hey, look at this for me. Tell me what you think. How, what do you think of this? And they weren't really thinking about that. That other person that they went to represent that to now has to stop everything they're doing, shift their mind and their focus to the other person. And they're, they're really having an impact on productivity and they're, they're really impacting each other. So they got into a conversation and they decided, hey, you know what we can do is we can leverage a couple different tools to be able to minimize those interruptions. So they set up, uh, one is they set up their weekly meetings, which they already had, by the way, and they were having trouble finding topics for the weekly meetings. And they said, hey, in the weekly meetings, bring stuff like that. If you want feedback from everybody else, it's a good time to bring feedback. Hey, I'm writing this article. Here's the direction I'm going this. What do you think? And then you could bring it to the whole team and you're doing it in a really efficient way because everybody's already there. Or they start leveraging different tools like this. This company happens to use a tool called Slack, um, which is one that we endorse that you can go on there and you can post something on there and say, hey, I'm working on this. What do you all think about it? And then people can visit it on their own time. They can look at it whenever they've got some time and they want to look at it. So they can start to say, you know, hey, that's, that's something that we can work together on. So that's what I've seen in terms of communication cadence and why it's important in terms of managing time. Bethany, what yeah. do you think? I was going to say, I think whenever I am coaching somebody and this is the problem that they're having of people just keep coming to my office. I can't get anything done. There's just, con you know, my phone's ringing. I'm getting texts all the time, all day long. And I just feel like I'm constantly answering other people's problems and I can't get any of my other work done. Sometimes I'll just asking the question of thinking about like, what kind of questions are people asking you? What do, what do people keep coming to you for and identifying are they, is this, a, is it something that really we're, I'm getting the same types of questions. And so maybe it's stepping back and saying, evaluating those questions and then identifying, maybe this is an opportunity for training. Maybe my employees are not well-trained on something that we need to step back and, and actually spend some time on that. Um, and that'll reduce some of those questions that I keep getting bombarded with. Um, or if it's something like you were talking about, Don, of maybe that's just something that we need to say, okay, people know that they can reserve that information or those questions for our weekly meeting if you don't have one of those set up get that set up. And that's the time that everybody knows that, that they can do that. 
Um, but I think just being able to step back and, and think through what are the types of questions that people are asking me, and maybe I'm getting a lot of the same types of questions, um, and that that can help inform how you move forward and with that. Yeah, I love that point. Yep. Yeah, and there's two different uh, sides to this too. Maybe it's the leader that's going, man, I just keep getting bombarded by all of these things. But then I've also experienced the other one where the leader is is venting to me and this is a real life scenario too, venting to me about the lack of response from an email that was sent or lack of response that, you know, you know there's over overdoing it and then there's underdoing it there too, which is another reason why the communication cadence I think needs to be there because the question is always, is always, well, what, what is the required response time then, right? What is, what is the response time that you're after? And they go, I, I mean, I don't know, soon. What's, what's soon? What's timely? What's now, Matt, what? Matt, aren't you, aren't you the guy that sometimes whenever you really want a response on something, you'll send an email and then you'll call, text and chat to see if somebody got the email. Isn't that? Yeah. That and, is it's, and it's, and it's yeah. killing me because there's one in your inboxes from five eleven on Friday afternoon. And I, and I needed a response from some of somebody, somebody, Bethany, but I, I'll keep waiting. After I, the end of the day. I know, but <laughs> there's extenuating circumstances. Um, and so I think I think that I think that's I think that's true. I think there's both sides of that. It's like, oh man, too much, and then there's not enough. And I think it depends on the person, or they you know, like you like you said, and that those are those are things that we we see a lot, uh, you know, especially when we're in the office, send the email and then arrive in your office before the email, before you've even opened it, asking for feedback. Diana knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't not that do she's, that for the record. Not that she's guilty. That. <laughs> not that she's that guilty. I'm guilty of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am guilty of it. But um, so, yeah, maybe, you know, what we discovered is I'm not the best person to lead this podcast right now. I don't, maybe, I, maybe I'm failing at that at time management. We didn't, anyway. we didn't, we didn't have time to assign it to somebody else, frankly. So, <laughs> so um, oh, I have that? a thought that sort of went along the lines of what Don and Bethany were talking about. Okay, go ahead. A lot of times we train people who ask questions of us and we have to train them to think for themselves sometimes. I know that sounds really cranky, but I don't mean it to sound cranky. But I feel like if people are constantly coming to you and you want to be helpful and you do know the answers, it's sometimes good to ask a question back to them, right? Whatever question they're saying, like, well, where would you go if you wanted to find that information? Or what do you think, right? And try to retrain them to think for themselves a little bit before they bring a question to you. I love that tip, Diana. We see managers a lot of times because they want to be the problem solver. Uh, maybe you shouldn't be the problem solver. Maybe you should be the problem coacher, right? So instead of them coming to you and just saying, hey, it, it, there's studies that show that if your employees come to you and you always answer the question just directly, then what they're looking for is your answer. And the only place they can get your answer is to come to you to get it, which is going to take a lot of time. Or if you just come back and say, tell them, you know, that is, that does sound like a challenge. What have you tried to fix that? Tell me about your approach so far. What have you done to try to approach this? Uh, I, I love that. I think that's a really good tip for yeah. managers who get sucked into a lot of conversations with employees. I think this is a popular topic also because there's so many different tools. Don, you mentioned Slack. That's also an opportunity for technology, but sometimes technology is more noise at the same time. Sometimes technology can be a hindrance to your time management as well. So, right? so Matt, I, I want to, can I say something about that real quick? Yeah. Here's what I, I'm a little bit passionate about this because I heard this recently in a, in a meeting I was in. Somebody was talking about tools like Slack or Teams. Now, let me, let, me, let me put out my pitch for Slack or Teams here. We do not get anything from any of those companies for this, but we get a lot of emails. Like we get a lot of emails as a company, right? And more than half of those emails were internal. 
they were us emailing each other about stuff. When we implemented Teams over the course of last year, we've reduced our internal emails by like 95%. It's hugely reduced the number of emails that have come in. And now what happens is all of those random emails that come at you randomly through the day, they're fit into these nice little conversations that fit all together. So it's really helped us, I think, to be a lot more efficient. However, I have heard pushback on Teams and Slack saying that stupid thing just sits there and chirps at you all day long. Ding, ding, ding. Every time somebody puts a comment in Slack, every time somebody puts a comment in Teams, it, it dings you all day long. That cannot, that, that's not just a Slack or, or Teams issue. That could be an email thing. That could be a Candy Crush setting that you have. That could be your phone telling you that you've got a LinkedIn post that somebody's commented on. All those different notifications that hit you. Shut those off shut those off. Most of those notifications you don't need. Think about what a notification is. The notification is the person walking into your office telling you stop what you're doing right now and pay attention to this because it's instantly more important than everything else that you're working on. Okay. Your phone, your computer, your tools work for you, not the other way around. You don't need instant access to all of those things. We're trained to do that. We have this fear of missing out, this concept of what do I, I'm going to miss that conversation. I want to be in the middle of it. I want to be part of it. I don't want it to, I don't want to be late to the game. If you can figure out how to put that aside, shut off most of your notifications and then slowly turn them back on. What notifications do you really need to know right now? I think that really helps you to not be the slave to technology. That helps you to flip the script on that and the idea and, and remind your computer that it works for you. There was a study that was done. I, I like to quote this because it's kind of funny, I think, that showed like if you just have your notifications on your emails. So like, let's say you have your email on and a lot of us have our email on in the background and we have a notification that buzzes us or a little window pops up or little, literally dings every time an email hits. It actually drops our effective IQ by five to 15 points. Now, five to 15 points of IQ, if you're not sure what that's like, that's roughly the same experience as getting high at work. It's so like if you want to smoke, if you if you encourage your employees to smoke up a joint while you're at work and be productive, Diana's shaking her head, no. We did uh, not. In some states, no. in some no. states, depending on where they're listening to this, I don't know. In those on... states, do they encourage that? Let me. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no. It, tur it turns out it decreases your productivity. So I'm <laughs> no. not, you know, I'm not for against it, whatever we're saying here. But uh, look, the point is, it does decreases your productivity. That that ding in the background constantly. What it does is, here's the brain behind that is your brain is sitting there trying to focus on something, right? You don't just instantly focus on something. When you sit down to do a task, it takes you a little bit to like get into the flow of it. It doesn't take you just a little bit of time. It actually takes you quite a bit of time. Studies show 10 to 15 minutes to get fully into something, into a task that you're doing, to get fully into it. Every time that ding happens, it pulls you all, almost all the way out of that. And then you end up in the zone of like almost working all day long where you feel like you feel like you're doing a lot. Your brain's working really, really hard. You feel like you're really productive. You feel like you're multitasking, but you're not. Yeah. You're not producing a lot of stuff. The statistic I think that we share as a part of the PowerPoint is that we, is two to three two to three hours per day on distractions because mm -hmm. of the being pulled away and then trying to refocus. A lot of people don't they're like no, there's no way I work way harder than that. And I think we feel like I think we feel like it uh, that we're trying to focus, but two to three hours a day. Sorry, Bethany, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I was going to add to that because I feel like that's something that I had to learn really early on. And I'm not claiming to be really great at time management all the time. I know that there's areas of my life, like you said, that I, that I still can improve on, but 
yeah, turning off notifications on my, like all of my apps on my phone has been huge for me. Not that I don't, I still spend lots of too much time on lots of those apps, but having not like not having that little number pop up at the corner of my app, but also I have gotten really, I think I realized, you know, in my first job out of college, I was, my email was taking me over, was taking over my life. And I felt like I had to always respond. And I think something that more and more in the types of um, just work environments that are being set up where it's kind of like your hours are kind of, you know, they can fluctuate it sort of whenever you can work, whenever you want to start, whenever you want to end, you know, you're not being paid hourly. It's just kind of like it's set. So so I think there are really great things about that, but there are also really hard things about that because then it, it makes people feel like they don't know when to turn off all the time. And so I know for me, early on, I felt like I had to respond to clients as soon as possible, or I had to respond to team emails really, really, you know, just as, as soon as I got them. And it was so difficult and I was getting so burnt out and and I think, you know, I, I discovered, I realized that, hey, it's okay to set boundaries. It's reasonable for you not to respond to somebody, um, even the same day, most of the time. Um, and that's okay. I think it's, you know, like Don said, going ahead and closing out your email is fine. And being able to block off time on your calendar to work on something, um, that's helped me out a lot is I literally have to say, sometimes I have to say like, you know what? I, Matt, sorry, I can't, I'm going to close my email and I don't have notifications. So at 511 on Friday, I'm not going to see that until Monday morning. That's unbelievable. unbelievable. <laughs> and also like I sent somebody a text message on a Friday afternoon that was more of a work-related question. And I sent somebody a text message and they just responded to me. That's totally okay. I'm so glad that they didn't respond to me over the weekend because one, I didn't need to think about it until today either. And I'm glad that they did it. Um, and so I think, and then if I know, hey, I don't wanna have my email open all the time, um, putting on my calendar, okay, I have an hour that I need to work on something else. So I'm gonna close everything out because I'm not gonna get those notifications and everybody can see I'm working on this thing for this hour. Um, if they're wondering like, where's Bethany at, <laughs> you know? And so just some of those things that I don't think you need to feel sorry. I think you need to communicate about what you're doing and, and make that really clear that you're not just totally out of, out of work and you're not doing anything, but not necessarily apologizing for setting those boundaries and turning off those notifications and closing out your chat box and closing out your email and all of those things so that you can get focused work done. I, I will say it comes to communication too, right? Because yeah. I think I think as Bethany is talking about, it's okay, totally don't respond to email, maybe even all day. I think several minds around the country listening to this just exploded whenever you said that, like, what? I can't, what? Why would I not do that? Like, there's needs out there. You know, especially if we're talking about equating leadership, I wanted to be supportive, remember? I wanted to be transparent, remember? I wanted to be a good communicator. I wanted to be helpful. I wanted to be a problem solver, all of those things. And so... I, I think I think two two things there. I think it comes down to set the expectation. Don, I know one of the things that you do on your signature line, it was like, I check email two to three times a day to devote my attention to clients, family, friends, things like that. So there's kind of an expectation whenever they receive an email from you that, that listen, I don't necessarily check it all the time, but I will get back to you. So at least there's that transparency and what that and what that potentially looks like. And then I think there's also a difference 
and I'm just going to be completely candid and frank here from a business owner listening to something like that and said, no, 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 that is not okay. What we're talking about there. Like I need them to be responsive. Unfortunately, I've been in, I've been a part of those coaching conversations, quote unquote, for employees that are not responding in the time that they need to be, a, you know, that the manager or boss or whatever thinks that they need to be responding in. And, and I've seen people, and this is maybe a, a call to, I don't know, maybe this is a different one, but I've seen, I've seen them lose their job. So if you are, if you are seeing, if you are like, okay, I need to take more control of that, probably okay. Just communicate with your boss and your manager, or, or if you are the boss, communicate with your employees, you know, stuff like that about, okay, um, how do we set this guideline? How do we set this cadence? You know, here's an expectation. Sure, there's extenuating circumstances that I would be available outside of that, but this is, you know, this is what what makes us work best. What do you guys Matt, think? We, Matt, we were working with a company that was really exploring this because they were really having issues and they really decided, you know, hey, we want to really give ourselves some really clear focused time to work. And they did some things like they, they set up, they had an open office environment and they set up like signs in their office that they could put up that says, you know, don't bother me right now. Like little red, they just did a green and red sticker and you could flip it around and just stick yeah, it out there and tell people awesome. yeah. we, we, we have some of those at our office too. It was kind of a tip from us, but uh, this company, they dug into like, they, they, they did like, um, like no interruption Wednesdays where you couldn't like schedule meetings and they did all kinds of things like that. And they actually kind of swung it so hard the other way. Like the owner actually came through the meeting and was just was walking around the room and was telling, you know, Hey, how are you doing, Jan? And, you know, Jan was like, I, my sign is red. You cannot speak to me right now. You're fired, and, Jan. You're fired. <laughs> There's take a little your red bit sign and get out of here. Take your, <laughs> take your red sign and hit the door. There's a, <laughs> There's a little bit of balance here, right? So, I mean, first of all, I mean, first of all, there's balance, right? There, it's not all like you can't be totally productive 100% of the time. But do we have all have opportunities to be more productive? Yes, I think as Bethany said, you know, when you first come out of when you first come out of school or you go into your first job, those of us who have to manage emails and things like that, we, no one trains us how to do that. It's the one thing that nobody trains on how to do. You have to kind of develop your own system for how you do that, which we've we've kind of worked through, but but most people don't have that. But second of all, if really this is a communication issue with your team, which means you have to collaborate with your team to come up with the best solution, and you do want to guard things. It's not all about time management. It's also about culture. There's times when sometimes we just, uh, last week, I just called Diana once just to say hi, because she's working in Tacoma by herself with her dog. She's, it's, it's kind of sad. And I just called just to say, like, she's like, I don't really have much. I just thought if, if you were in the office and you were buried in work or not, not buried in work, I would just, I would say hi to you right now. We would open up a conversation. So I wanted to do that. Now, I also know that in our team, we have the relationship where if Diana was in the middle of doing something and was really busy about it, she could look at me and say, Donna, I appreciate that, but I'm kind of in the middle of writing up something right now or doing something, you know, give me a little bit of time and can you call me in a couple of hours or can I call you back later? Or, you know, leave me alone right now. I'll, you know, we'll talk later. We can totally do that. Like that's not an abrasive conversation to have. I wouldn't have answered if, we, if I didn't, if I was in the middle of something, I just wouldn't answer. I mean, Matt calls me six or seven times a day and I only <laughs> mostly on video too so I, wherever I'm at so I can I like to talk face to face if I can terrible 
most of the time she's just at the park feeding all the birds and things like that. Um, but such a sad existence. Toppins, toppins, toppins. Yeah, that's great. Birdie, birdie, birdie. <laughs> all right, so it comes down. A lot of this comes down to okay. So I recognize I need a time, need a space for time management. Um, sometimes we feel like I don't have time to focus on time management. But I think you know we talked physiologically and maybe the ill effects on team and self and family. You don't have time not to uh, to take a concerted effort to maybe take a couple of steps forward. Start small. Uh, be transparent, but I don't want to give all the tips away. We're going to go around the horn and give a tip away for time management here. Uh, what would you say is the best uh, first step that we could do to be able to attack time management for somebody that's maybe listening and struggling with this uh, right away? Diana, what do you think? So I'm going to talk about something. I didn't know that we were all so passionate about time management. We all kind of got on a weird soapbox for a minute. So <laughs> I'm going to get on mine for a sec. Uh, we didn't really touch on this, but I wrote a blog article a few few years ago, it's been, and I called it Stop Glorifying Busy. And I think that that mindset of I'm so busy, so I'm successful needs to go away. Busy does not equate to successful. It doesn't equate to knowledgeable. It doesn't equate to helpful. Busy is just busy. And so I think we have to start remembering that busy isn't helpful. And if we can eliminate the busy and quit saying like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. And like, that's a good thing. I think I'll, we'll all be happier because being busy is not a good thing. So that's my soapbox. Quick and that, busy. The crux of that too, I'm glad you brought that up. And I really, I really wanted to, wanted to talk about that. But the crux of that too, is like, sometimes we're busy with the things that we choose to be busy with. And then we complain that we're so busy. Right. And yeah. you know, if you've not had an opportunity to read that uh, blog, I believe it's on our website. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the job or the show description too. Yeah, because, you know, I, I've, I've had an experience where I, you know, been to a couple of different clients and they're like, hey, do you know, do you know this Diana? Like, can I meet Diana? I read this blog on the busy thing and like, this is fantastic. And they just couldn't wait to meet Diana for this. So it's a great read. Um, I would encourage Diana. you. To she's too busy. Yeah, she's very busy. She's I'm a kidding. very busy person. <laughs> that was Thanks, most, Diana. That was our most popular blog article ever, by the way. It's uh, the highest traffic, so it gets the highest engagement. And I have literally walked into people's office where they've had that thing printed off and hanging up in their in their corner. Yeah, that's great. Great job, Diana. Thank you. Don, what about you? I think one of my biggest tips, first of all, I just want to acknowledge, it. I know you're all listening right now and you can't figure, you can't see this, but we're, you know, we're on a Zoom call as we record this and Matt literally just picked up a bee from out of nowhere. So I just was chuckling as we're talking about being busy as a bee and he literally just picked up a little bee. Where, where did yeah. you get that bee, Matt? Well, we don't get paid by him, but I did get a new microphone. I hope my voice sounds velvety right now, but it is a bee, the name of the microphone and, the, and you get this for, you know, they throw it in the box. It's a fidget thing for me, I guess, because I'm fidgety but i love it i just was oh, chuckling because wow. you're talking about busy as a bee and he's literally playing with a bee on the call so i just that was throwing me off a little bit um i'll tell you one of my biggest tips for time management is something i employed a few years ago i had at one point over ten thousand emails in my inbox that's a lot of emails you know control so a you, control yeah you just start to control <laughs> a delete uh, archive all, all these emails so <laughs> I recognized at one point, and it was a, I read an article uh, that talked a little bit about this for managing emails, and I, I, we've shared this with a lot of people, and they found it really, really beneficial. Um, it's this idea of input and output. So when you're inputting something, input means you're collecting information, you're taking in information. So in email, for example, you're inputting information, you're reading your emails, you're going through your emails. 
Output is when you do something with the information that you just got. So for example, if Matt sends me an information says, hey, could you send this proposal to X client, whatever that is, I've read it, that's my input. And then my output is I go find the proposal, craft an email and send it to the client. The article that I read that changed me and changed how I approach this is I recognize that when you change from input to output and output to input, it's a significantly, it's a significant lift for your brain. Your brain has difficulty doing that. So instead, what I found that works really well is I'll go through my emails and I've you have to tell yourself you're doing this. Shut off all notifications and you're going into input mode. I'm going into input mode. And what you're doing is you're reading your emails. And if the thing, if the email is gonna take longer than 30 seconds to respond to or act on, then what you do is you put it on a to-do list. So set up a separate list. And I started using Google Tasks, which is really slick. If you use Gmail, you can open up Google Tasks and it opens right up next to your email. And I'll go through it and I'll just start making myself a to-do list. So what I find is on a list, I did an experiment on this for, for our, uh, our time management workshop. I pulled out like 16 emails uh, that, that were randomly in my inbox and went through them in in input mode. And it only outputted like five tasks. Like it only ends up like 16 emails. Like not every email is a thing to do. Like some of them are, some of them aren't. So it, it ended up with five things to do. Go through all of them. And then once you've read it, archive the email. Archive it. Now, if you need to refer back to it later, sometimes I'll copy the URL for it and stick it in the task that I just created to go back to. So I have quick access back to it. But that what I'm doing is I'm constantly cleaning out my inbox. I'm not using my inbox as a to-do to list. It's not a very good to-do list. And it's one that you don't have control over and you can't prioritize over. Then what you can do after you're in, in your input mode is switch to output mode. Then you can start working your output list. So like Sunday yesterday, I wanted to go into this week with a clean inbox and I, my inbox had, had piled up. And when I say piled up, by the way, for me, it was 30 emails in my inbox. That's piled up for me now. My standard has changed dramatically. Um, so I, I saw 30 emails in my inbox. So last night I actually went into it and went into input mode. I'm like, I'm not going to do any work. I'm just going to read these emails. And I went through and read them. And some of them were easy to respond. Some of them were accepting invitations to meetings. Some of them were just informational. Like, okay, I just read it, noted, and then archived. I archived them down, started this morning with no emails, except for what I received last night, which was just a few of them. And then started. So this morning it allowed me to start working on my output list. So I've been reaching out to clients for things to schedule meetings. I've been working on other projects and it allows me to get a lot more done and keep that inbox down to zero. That, that's been probably my, that's my best time management tip. Awesome, Don. Thank you, Bethany. I do something similar. Um, so I'll automatically, whenever it's time for me to open my email. And again, I talked about this earlier, but I don't open my email until I'm ready to open my email. <laughs> And I'll go in and I'll automatically see, like, I can see which things I just need to delete. It's like random newsletters or something. You know, I'm like, I don't have time for that thing maybe, but oh, that headline sounds interesting. So I might save that for later, but I'll just go ahead and just delete everything that I need to delete right away. And then like John said, I, then I'll just kind of identify what are the things in here that, you know, I'll just kind of check them out and sort of prioritize. And I might go in and I might look look at them and it might be something like you said you archive and I don't know people probably do this as well but I you know I've created different folders for all of our different clients or for our podcast or for marketing or for whatever so I have tons of just folders that I've created and then I'll just save those emails into those folders so that way I can they're organized I can easily access them whenever if I need to go back to them for some information or for a phone number or for you know whatever it is and then I actually use the mark as unread 
a lot. <laughs> like I'll use that tool a lot. So, and that's kind of how I create my list, my to-do list after I've kind of cleared out my inbox, then I'll just go back and I'm like, I need to go back and do something with that later. So I'll just mark as unread. And so it's still up there at the top and I know that I need to do something with it. So that's what I do with my emails. I was also going to mention, you know, I mentioned this earlier, but just blocking time off on your calendar to actually do some, some physical work. So it's not just, I, of course, we use our calendar a lot for meetings, but I also try to make sure if it's like, I have got to work on this project and I need to get it done by this date, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this time on my calendar, you know, once a week or whatever it is so that I have focused time blocked off for me to work on that every day. Um, and for me, I use a paper planner as well. I know we talked about technology kind of being a distraction. Sometimes I also, I'll use my, you know, my digital calendar and translate it to a physical planner so that I don't always have to have that open as well, unless I need to get a, you know, a Zoom link or something like that. But that way I have it on paper right next to me all day long. Um, and then the last tip that I would say is creating that space for your personal life too, because that's a part of your time management. And so you know what your you know what your time off is, you know how many vacation days you can get, you know what you know your sick leave is like or your parental leave or you know whatever it is. So don't be afraid to take that time um, because nobody else is going to do that for you. So be look ahead and think about, I know something that our team does really well is like if we're traveling a lot, um, it's easy to get buried in work um, or just get really burnt out or really tired or something like that if we don't create some space around that. And so I think our team is pretty good at looking ahead and saying, okay, I have this trip or I have a week that's going to be really busy. I'm going to make sure I take off that day after I'm going to take like a vacation um, that day after or just trying to plan ahead and look at your schedule so that you can kind of build in some time to rest as well. Awesome. Thanks, Bethany. Diana, were you going to say something? Yeah, I have another little tip that I use. I know there's so many tips today. It's, it's funny that the time management podcast, I think, is our longest podcast at this point right now. So go ahead, Diana, for a quick um, yeah. So my last tip is that list that you create, whatever your to-do list is, I get really bogged down in that sometimes. I'm a very efficient human being and I get a lot done and I'm very organized and all of that comes kind of naturally for me. But when my list gets too long, I have to start writing the why next to the what. So I have to, if it says like, pay the bills, I have to put a why behind it and just sort of remind myself why that thing is important. Oh, my bills. water doesn't get turned off. That's so yeah. overrated. Yeah, Pandrew. It takes a lot of time. It's time consuming and it's not fun. It's really not fun. And so if I put the why behind it, it helps me find a little bit more passion around doing some of the things that are not super fun to do. It's good. Yeah, you'll get more one-on-one -on -one attention if you just stop paying the bills. They'll call you like directly and try to work it out and stuff. That's a pro tip right there. <laughs> yeah. More customer service-y. Yeah. Uh, all right. So a couple of uh, quick tips that I have, and I'm going to go cliche with maybe some things that you will, you know, remember. Uh, no offense, but like the cliche phrases. Don says this all the time. I love how he says that your phone works for you. Uh, so all the dings and things like that, you know, if you, you know, ding and you hear oh, 50 cents off corn dogs, I didn't need to be distracted by that one, right? I'm super important. I'll be hungry later, but not right now. I didn't need that. And then the other one that I would say open door equals open chaos. 
So be specific, be upfront about the, uh, about the uh, communication uh, strategy there or cadence. You can help set direction and take ownership over how you choose to be communicated with, you know, and just be upfront about what that looks like. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed the podcast on time management. Let us know other tips and uh, topics that you would like to talk about as well. Thanks. See you next time. Thanks for listening today. The More Than Work podcast is produced by People-Centric Consulting Group, a consulting firm that believes people should be put at the center of every organization. If you have a topic you want our team of experts to address, feel free to contact us at morethanworkpodcast at peopleccg.com. You can also learn more about us by visiting our website at www.peoplecentric.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back next week to give you practical advice that you can use to improve your work. In the meantime, lead well.